Welcome to the Awakened Masculinity Podcast. I'm your host, Lorene Krenn, and this podcast is dedicated to help you understand women better, experience deeper levels of intimacy, and grow in confidence. It will arm you with powerful tools and insights to awaken your true potential. The world needs awakened men more than ever before. Welcome, guys, to the Awakened Masculinity Podcast. Today's episode 54 with Michelle Rebel Coops. And Michelle is one of the top personal branding and personal leadership coaches in the Netherlands. She mentors high-achieving professionals and entrepreneurs to liberate themselves from the invisible shackles that keep them from expressing themselves authentically and unapologetically in work, life, and even love. Through expert coaching and questioning, she challenges leaders to merge head with hearts, allowing all their humanness to become part of the way they show up for themselves as well for others. Impacting people on a global scale, Michelle travels the world, speaking on international stages, inspiring her audience to connect with their inner brand rebel, whilst finding the words to voice their message congruently and confidently. Welcome to the podcast, Michelle. Thank you so much for having me here. Mm. I just want to share for my personal, on a personal note that I really love your energy. I love what you're doing and I just, just felt intuitively that I got to present you to my audience. Thank you so much. I've actually been listening, been listening to your podcast for a while. So <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's great to be here. So the first question I always ask my guests is, can you share with the audience one specific event that shaped or altered the course of your journey? Yes, well, I think, of course, there are a number of moments, but when I look back, um, the moment when I was 16 um, and I decided to actually leave the church that I was with, um, you see, for from 11 to 16, my mother kind of, I was 11 when my mother decided to join a church. She was looking for community, for meaning in her life. And I get it. She was a single mom. So, and I, of course, just tagged along. Um, but at 16, I just felt like this is not me. This is not the way that I see my future life. And even though I was only 16, I was really looking at, you know, what do I value in life? And how do I want to live it? What do I want to experience? And it did not include going to church three times a week and having all those other activities. So I saw all my friends in school just experimenting and having fun. All the things that I wasn't allowed to do. And I was mm. like, shit. I mean, I'm definitely missing out here. And I wanted to explore. I felt so much aliveness within me to explore so much more than the restricted way of living I had in that moment. So at some point I voiced this with my mother and I, it was really hard because, you know, she was so full on into that church at that moment that for me to stand up for myself and say that I didn't want it. Well, I knew exactly what was coming and what was coming was 
her and the pastor talking to me, telling me that I was making a very stupid decision because obviously if I would be hit by a bus, I might end up going to hell. Wow. <laughs> yeah, so there was a lot of fear-based messages there. And uh, um, I still decided to stick with what I wanted for my life. And well, at that moment, my mother, who did everything she thought was good at that moment. I mean, I really don't blame her, but she was so influenced um, by that time that after eight months, after me saying that I didn't want to go to church, she basically orchestrated a situation in such a way that I said, I'm not going to stay here. I'm not going to live here. So I ended up on the, well, not on the streets. I found a home. Uh, but yeah, I moved out. And that for me was a pivotal moment because the family life that I had known, you know, and if there's anything that gives you safety, it's family life. That is the first, you know, community that you, that you grow up in. It is that first sense of safety that you get. And for me to learn that when I stand up for myself, when I voice what I value, when I live life according to my values, apparently the people that are closest to you, they're going to reject you for it. And they're not going to accept that or keep you safe. Because, you know, I was still in high school and I needed to just earn my own money and still graduate. So if from all the moments and all the things that have happened, that was definitely a pivotal moment. Thank you for yeah. sharing that. And I just had to laugh here because it really connects to your name. It's so rebellious, you know what I mean? To just for that. <laughs> and, and just to just to I'm just curious, you left your home, you moved out at 16 when you were 16. I just turned 17. So mm. I, was, I was 17 by that time. That yeah. must have been a harsh and or harsh, but a very difficult time. Yeah, in at that moment I didn't realize it like that. Uh, but now in retrospect, I see how I went from living to sur surviving. I just got into this survival mechanism because, you know, I needed to work, earn money. Um, um, I needed to still study for school. So I'm not really surprised that I flunked my exam <laughs> that yeah. year and had to redo that. Um, and that's, I mean, that's just the way it goes. But um, yeah. yeah, it wasn't easy. It wasn't easy at all. Thank you for sharing it, Michelle. And so the next thing I would like to ask you is, imagine there is a five-year-old child in front of you and you would have to express and explain what you do professionally to them. How would you describe this? Oh, that is a good question. So I, a five-year-old, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to... Be yourself. And well, I don't know if a five-year-old understands the word expression and express yourself just the way you are. I believe they do, yeah. Yeah, and to have fun with it. To really have fun and enjoy every moment. Like, And I think that kids at five years old, they're good at that. To live in the moment and be present, you know, and then just enjoy all the juicy parts of that so, yeah, and I, I love that part about you too that you are expressing that kind of childlike innocent purity as well mixed with the mature feminine so yeah i think that we should never lose that 
connection with our inner child or inner five-year-old. I mean, give me some kind of trampoline or whatever and I'll be jumping on it. You know, I'll yeah. be joining kids for sure. Yeah, me too. And I think there is a, it's always about the balance, right? Like there are times when you got to just be more serious. And if you can't stop at that moment, it's kind of very immature, immature. But when it's time to express and to have fun, I mean, I had always a lot of difficulties to just have fun. I mean, just... You're not the only one. <laughs> yeah, especially as the masculine. Like, it's always when I work, when I work on my mission, my purpose, I'm, like, super focused. But the moment I was, like, doing nothing, I was like, whoa, what am I doing? Chilling on the beach? How can I relax into that? Yeah. Cultivating more of that feminine energy as well there. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And really enjoying, like, with every cell in your body, mm. feeling what's here, what's present, and just allowing yourself that kind of pleasure there is one thing i love about you you it's part of your branding you say be rebellious so not rebellious but be rebellious could you describe more what you mean by that how does yes. a woman become rebellious right so um there are a few words combined here obviously i mean there's the word rebellious which to me if you're only going to be rebellious and you're going to be stubborn and going against something, for me, that doesn't feel like something conscious, for example. It feels like, yeah, I'm just going to be stubborn for the reason of being stubborn. And that would, that's definitely not what I stand for. Mm. Um, for me, being rebellious is more about autonomy, but autonomy in the sense that you're in your own center, not disconnected, you're still connected. I mean, it's not about, you know, I'm going to do everything on my own. I'm going to be independent, et cetera, et cetera. That's I not what that. I'm talking about. Yeah. But you are staying in your center, connected to yourself, grounding yourself, knowing that you're enough while also, you know, living life with a yummy twist. And that's where the delicious parts so of the, the end of the word, that's where that comes in. So it's being autonomous with a yummy twist with autonomy being connected still and open to engage with others. And when you work with clients or help women in that regards, what's something you would recommend to every woman if she has difficulties to, to have that yummy twist um, in her life? Right. So um, especially when it comes to women, I would say to connect to their inner goddess. That yummy twist mm -hmm. for me is my connecting with my inner goddess and to really experience the joy of being a woman and um, feeling that energy flow through my body. So I would say dance. <laughs> dance, yeah, wow. Dance a lot. Uh, really move the body. It is not just about sitting still and meditating. I mean, that's more of a masculine approach. It's very masculine, yeah. <laughs> just being in stillness, not moving an inch. <laughs> exactly and this is what i do in my workshops even online i do that where i will challenge them to move their body and some some women still feel a little bit like hey uh doesn't it look silly when i do this but i will always invite them you can move away the camera whatever you want but we will take a moment to dance and experience the difference of energy in, in, in our bodies, you know, from before the dance and after and feeling the aliveness, aliveness and the juiciness that's flowing. And for me, that is especially when, when I dance without any goal, like it's not 
a specific choreography, for example, but it's just free expression. Oh, that's just so yummy. I would definitely recommend that. So not in a linear way, like you said, a choreography that would be masculine in some way again, but really just flowing. Mm. Whatever your body is telling you, it's just a free expression of everything that you're feeling. And sometimes the movements are small and a little bit more introverted. And sometimes it's big and out there and, you know, whatever comes. Yeah. And would you, would you say always dance to music or do you sometimes also just dance in stillness? Oh, I personally, I believe that music to me is a mm. huge entrance into mm. feeling that energy. So I would always dance to music, but you know, uh, whatever works, right? <laughs> if someone, if, if you can basically imagine the music to be there, then, and you can still feel that. Yeah, go for it. But I really, really loved it because there are a couple of things here that really stand out. It's like this... Mm, what I see in you is that you have this kind of business kicking ass and just going for your dreams. But at the same time, you're rebellious, right? You're wild. You are dancing. You told me that you're doing ecstatic dancing and connecting with your inner goddess, you said. And it's, I believe it's very difficult for women, especially in these modern times, to find the balance. So it's either it goes into one extreme, which is I'm the independent woman. It's all about career. I sort all my things out, but there's no fun. It's, there is just no juiciness. There, it's not delicious. Then there's the other way. It's this kind of only flowing in the feminine, not taking care of finances, not being accountable and just only flowing. And, and there is literally no masculine energy, no, no moving into action, no, no getting things done. How were you able to find that balance? Well, um, I don't think that there's an absolute balance. Like yeah. there's always this perfect state that I'm in on the contrary. <laughs> um, for me, it's about being aware that I struggle in this area as well. But um, I notice within myself when something is off, when I'm too much in my feminine, for example, I'm like flowing and I don't want to have any structure or whatever. And that, that doesn't <laughs> sit right. <laughs> it doesn't feel right. I feel like I'm basically slacking. I'm not manifesting or I'm not putting enough into action. Mm -hmm. And that's when I realized, hey, I've kind of closeted my inner man, my inner dude. <laughs> and he deserves uh, uh, a place at the table as well, basically. He deserves to stand next to me, next to my inner feminine, let me put it that way. And this is something that I've also learned from one of my clients who very much focuses on that. So uh, when I work with her, she, um, even though we were working on her brand, I was already learning through that. She talks about, you know, how the inner queen and inner king want to be married within yourself. Um, I absolutely love that concept. So for me, it's uh, whenever I feel it's off balance, I know, okay, right. I need to bring out my inner masculine again. And sometimes that results in me for three or four weeks in a row working 60, 70 hours a week <laughs> because I'm so much in my manifesting powers. I'm like, oh, you know, I'm just feeling it. And I'm manifesting so much at that point that that feels out of balance again. But then I kind of, you know, that's when I'm like, okay, so now it's time to relax a little bit. So it's, there is a flow um, of sometimes going to this side, sometimes to that. 
but I think it's the awareness that I have um, to consciously um, choose, for example, how I start my day. And whenever I know that I need to be manifesting more and I need to give my inner dude more of a place at the table, I will make a schedule for what I need to do, you know, and mm. I will get all my masculine traits out, um, really focus. Cause I do believe that we can access these different energies within ourselves. You know, we can change our state. Um, it's not always easy, especially because as women, we have to do with some hormonal <laughs> shifting and so on. Um, but we're not victims to this. So I'm, even though I believe that we want to move with it, you don't want to force yourself to get into a masculine state or a feminine state when you're not there. I don't want to believe in forcing, but there is a level of moving with it. But at the same time, we can influence this. So, and that's something that I'm really intrigued by. Like, how can I put myself, like, for example, in the morning with my morning ritual, um, how can I put myself in the right state so that I will you know, be my best self in that moment. There are a couple of things you said that I found so powerful. The first thing is you said that you don't believe there is this perfect balance. And I love that because we always tend to be more in one energy. I mean, if I would try to find perfect balance, I would be so neutral, not be creative and not get anything done in my life. And probably there are some people who are very rare individuals who have this kind of really neutral, really, it's, it's not one extreme, but I mean, I'm sure that you tend to go more into your feminine and I tend to go more in my masculine, like in general. Another thing you mentioned that I found so powerful is, um, so for instance, when you're manifesting, when you are working on a new project or working with clients, you want to bring into your morning routine a more masculine touch. So you write down a schedule, for instance, and just get into workflow. Now, if you want to, let's, let's say you have a rest day. Like, I mean, today is Sunday. I mean, it's not a rest day because we're doing this interview because we're so passionate about our work. It's not actually work. No, it's not. <laughs> but, but let's say it's Sunday and we don't have an interview and you got to relax from two, three, four weeks of hustling and getting that inner dude, that really masculine, I'm manifesting, I'm kicking ass like, like a rebel. And so, so what do you do if you need to decompress from that? And you said dancing. What are, what are some other ways to, to decompress? Because I don't think you're going to dance for 10 hours. I mean. No, 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 no. Maybe. Usually <laughs> <Maybe>. not. <laughs> no. Um, so I have, an, I have a, a toolkit <laughs> that I access. But for me, one of the most important things for me to stay in my feminine is not having an alarm clock. Mm, I, never, <laughs> I never set an alarm ever not even during the week and if you have clients that say at eight in the morning you don't set an alarm so i never have clients at eight in the morning okay i get it <laughs> <laughs> they can schedule their meetings but it's always from nine onwards and i'm up before that because mm. you know i i make sure that i get enough sleep so, so important um, yeah, exactly. For me, it's like I'm, I'm, I'm someone who just needs her eight hours. <laughs> me too. Like, yeah, some people need like six, seven. When I sleep six, seven, I'm just so useless. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. I need my eight hours as well. So, but generally, because I have such a regular way of living and it almost sounds rigid, it's just something that happens naturally. So I will wake up at about 7.30, something that's, that's average. So I know I'll be up on time. 
And I believe that's the juicy part because um, you have a schedule, you have your clients, you have to show up. I mean, of course you can cancel, but you won't cancel all the time. So you got to show up. But yeah. the juiciness is to be able to be in this, let's say it's a rigid workflow because I guess with time it's always rigid because at times we don't feel it, but we got to do it right now. But the juiciness is found in finding ways to still bring the feminine energy in there as well. And I mean, that's a super hard thing because this world is built on masculine structure. Time, we're going to show up at one o'clock, we're going to do this. And afterwards we do this and everything is scheduled and organized. And there is not much time to flow. And there's one thing you mentioned, like hormonal changes, the period. I mean, that's also a huge thing, right? How, would, how do you deal with when you are going through your periods and you have countless of clients? I mean, I, I know that some people track their cycles and then they don't have countless of... Okay, yeah, please share about that. I would love <laughs> I do have to say that for the biggest part of my adult life, having my period, et cetera, et cetera, I have been... Uh, basically, I, I had a, an IOD. So... <laughs> Um, that meant that I did not have a period for 17 years. Wow, okay. So for 17 years, I was not aware of my own cycle. Mm. And last year, that just didn't sit with me anymore. It just didn't feel right. So it was only in, I think it was September or October of 2019, where I decided to get that out and to stop all that hormonal shit uh, that I was taking into my body. I just didn't want it anymore. I just quit the whole birth control thing um knowing that there are other ways obviously but i just didn't want to pollute my body anymore so that meant that all of a sudden i had to get used to having a period again and having a cycle and getting becoming aware of that <laughs> it's so interesting it's almost like, like a, it's almost like just being a woman all over again right all over again it's like whoa whoa what the fuck <laughs> <laughs> And what I'm noticing is that because I keep track of it, I'm using this app for that. I'm keeping track of it, including, you know, my, especially around when I'm in, when I'm having my period, but, and I forget to tr keep track of it outside of that. But <laughs> what I've been noticing is that the week before, about a week before I start menstruating, I get very introverted. Mm. and I really want to eat carbs and chocolate and all of that. So it's not during, it's actually the week before. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's, that's really important to have that awareness, right? Yeah. And I know that for some women, it's completely different. And I never really have bad PMS or something. Just mm. I had it last month where I was like, what the fuck is this? What's, what's this? Like, ah! And then I realized, oh, so this is what PMS is. <laughs> One day only. And then I was good again. But... Mm. Even when I'm when I'm ha actually having my period, I feel quite good. It's funny because there are women that really want to just permit. They want to go inward and they don't want to talk to anyone. For me, I hardly have any physical limitations or whatever. Maybe just some cramps, but it's very minor. So I'm quite, I guess I'm quite lucky that way that I still feel that I can completely show up for my customers. What I have been, become aware of is that it's good to allow your body to rest a little bit, so not do any heavy um, exercise. 
which I've been using as an excuse to not have to go to the gym. But anyway, that's a different story. <laughs> I love going to the gym, actually. But um, like today I decided, no, maybe just see if I'm just going to flow with it because I'm, I'm in my period right now um, and not go to the gym. Just allow myself that space. I yeah. love that. I love that so much. And I believe it's, it's such a huge, even if it doesn't sound like a huge thing, it's such a huge thing if women in today's society just allow themselves to, to, to rest in their feminine, in their period, to, to not be so rigid and have to get things done just because your calendar says you have to, or that you really just drop in. And, and that's the flow, right? And be kind to yourself. I think kindness is such an important part of that. You know, it is part of self-love in general, not just around our period. I mean, we could all be a little bit kinder to ourselves and accepting everything that comes, and including the mess. Life can be so much fun that way. Yeah, yeah. So one of the things I wanted to ask you is recently you started posting more about your interest in Tantra and ecstatic dancing and expressing very sensual posts, which I love so much. That's how I actually became aware of you. Mm -hmm. And um, I mean, it takes a lot of courage to, to share that, especially everyone who is listening right now, especially the way Michelle shares it. She, she shares it truly unapologetically. So it's, it's, it, there's, I mean, there are a lot of sensual posts out there on social media, but you really do share it unapologetically. It's one of the reasons why I wanted to have you on the podcast so badly is because I truly, truly honor that. And I see so much power and potency there. How did that start? How did you gather the courage? How did that happen? Right. So, um, I've always I've always been a storyteller. Like I believe that the message that we have can actually change lives. You know that you're doing it. Um, but I used to be a copywriter, so I would tell other people's stories, but never mm. my own. <laughs> Was very safe, by the way. Very comfortable. Sounds very <laughs> safe and comfortable. Yeah. It was. It was for a long time. And um, a number of years ago, I decided to invest in this huge speaking program in England. And, um, well, you know, I kind of put my mouth where my, my money is. So it's the other way around. When I know that I've invested, I better make sure that the investment was worth, was worth it. So I had to become visible. And I also realized that my mentor, my speaking mentor, Andy Harrington, he was calling me out on it. Like, hey, um, you've got a story to tell. So, you know, who are you not to share it? And I was like, shit, yeah, fuck. <laughs> I love that. Who are you not to share it? It's the opposite of saying, who am I to share it? But who are you not to share it? I love that. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. And that was like <laughs> mind blowing, like shit, who am I not to share it? Because I made it about me to hide. Cause I was like, you know, um, exactly. I asked myself the question, who am I to go on stage? Who am I? And I had that imposter syndrome and everything and, you know, feeling that I didn't deserve the right to be up there. And what if I'm not good enough? What if I'm not ready? And all that fear around other people judging me because this is what it's about it's about fearing other people's judgment or rejection or them having an opinion or what if they disagree with me 
that's shit that will happen when you're exposed, when you're putting yourself out there. But like I said, you know, I invested in the speaker's training already and I knew that, you know, to become successful as a speaker, I needed to become my own brand. So instead of me working on other people's brands, now I needed to embody this myself. So, and I remember that I started with one video years ago and <laughs> it took me, I think it was just a few takes and I was done and I uploaded it and everybody loved it. It's like, hey, you're a natural, you gotta keep doing this. But it took me weeks to post another one. So at that moment, it was just really, it took time for me to have the courage to do the second one and the second, uh, the third one and so on. But I took my time. So I think that that's one thing that I took my time, but I still moved forward regardless of the pace I was going at. I was doing the work with baby steps and other people might've been a lot quicker and doing three videos a week for, uh, to, to get to where they want to go. For me, it was like, I'm doing this my way. So, but still doing it, still doing it. I think that courage is that initial uh, strength of heart, courage, strength of heart that we need to understand that, you know, um, life happens in the arena as Brene Brown mentions in her documentary or her Netflix uh, talk. Um, you know, it happens in the arena and if, you're, if you have this gift, you better be there in the arena. You better go out there. This is a gift that we can share. I mean, who are we not to share that? So yes, there's going to be ridicule. Yes, there's going to be rejection. But I, I realize at some point that if as long as I accept me, as long as I do not reject me and everything that I do, and as, as long as I'm okay with me fucking up, mm. because I am going to fuck up big time and I'm probably going to fuck up more than once, you know, but if I'm fully okay with all the mess that's coming my way, um, then anyone else's rejection doesn't feel as harsh. And I do get ridiculed and I do get comments that I have too much hair. Um, really? that, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I've heard the crazy, but things. I, but I find that so interesting, right? When a man is posting a picture of his body, it's 99%. You're so fucking handsome. That's so amazing. Oh my God. And when a woman is posting essential pictures, she's often referred to being a bitch. What is wrong with you? And we also know that Instagram bans women who share erotic pictures, yeah. but with really beautiful conscious messages. And often men don't get banned, which share the exact same thing. And maybe often in a much more superficial way just oh don't get me started well or yeah. do and, right. and yeah. this is this is just a really really strong expression of the collective pain body of the yeah. feminine it's still that kind of wounded masculine energy which is showing up there so yes our society is moving towards an awakening and a more melting between the two but what where we are right now in my opinion at least maybe you agree with me is yes we have changed certain things but now these things have moved have, have moved in the in the subconscious shadow but they are still operating from there because yeah. the true depth and the true healing is not done by most so it's still a very superficial approach to the whole topic um, and of course i love that people are gendering in books and all of these things super important but there needs to be a deeper spiritual approach to this whole topic, in my opinion, which Absolutely. is very overlooked. And now yeah. it's, it's, um, 
how do you deal and you you already partially partly answered that but i think this is so important for all the women listening here right now how do you deal with when you are sharing a picture of you nakedly sharing about conscious sexuality sharing about expressing yourself to the world and just embodying the wild woman how do you deal with and i mean it really varies some people just try just some people just write bullshit and you just okay fuck that guy but some people probably and i know this also from my page for other reasons some people go really deep like they really attack you almost and i'm sure you had that so so how do you deal with that and you said accepting yourself of course but yeah you have to go, so, more, you go more into that i think that for me it's about reframing or understanding where they are coming from um, I think that before I feel attacked and I want to defend myself to this person, it's important for me to understand their point of view, to understand that maybe I'm triggering something in them. Maybe I'm the one who allows them to see something else and the first reaction that they have is to attack me. Um, because, you know, trying to understand someone is so much more powerful than you know, thinking that it's about me and someone attacking me. So seek first to understand then to be understood, right? That's, that's I, I love cool. that. I love yeah, that. exactly. So um, I think that that's important. I mean, we've all been conditioned in some way. Our brain functions in a certain way. Our neural pathways are simply, they have been created over years and years and years. So these people are just operating from their perspective and what they've learned uh, up to now and I believe that anyone including the trolls on <laughs> on the internet um, everyone operates and um, based on what they can and know at that moment in time so either they need to be educated or not depends on whether they're open for it but at least <laughs> no judgment about that but at least they do what they know and can at that moment in time so you can hardly blame them it's just their conditioning up to that point um, because they, they, they have a history as well and how do I know their history I don't know where they're coming from I don't know how they've been um, maybe wounded by their upbringing I don't know about that. I just recently, a couple of weeks ago, I shared a post about, um, God, what was it about? Um, sexuality. It was about sexuality and about how um, women are shamed when they're a lot more open, you know, and when they explore their sexuality. There was this post going on, this piece of writing that basically in my opinion, and I'm happy that a lot of people agree with me, but, <laughs> um, but this is a post that has been circulating the internet for years now, and it just pissed me off big time, because basically what is uh, mentioned is that women should not engage in having multiple partners, for example, because the energy will stay in their bodies and, you know, they need to cleanse and blah, 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 blah. Ah, fucking garbage. Yes. So... I decided to rant about this. <laughs> and I'm, <laughs> it's been glad you, I'm glad you do and did. <laughs> yeah. Um, and what happened at some point is that two guys that I don't know, I mean, I get replies, I get, this is on my personal Facebook, by the way, but I mean, people reply that I don't even know I'm not connected to them, but somehow they, they find me. And there was this 
lengthy discussion of them calling me names and calling the women names like yes yeah. skanks and yeah that happens but to be honest they have some kind of upbringing they've been wounded as well to now believe that women who are free to express themselves and who are free to you know um free sexually that they need to basically put them down so yeah so and it's I also it's also very triggering for a lot of guys and i would love to coach these guys but these are not my my potential clients because they don't realize they need coaching so my potential clients are obviously people who are already deeper on the path and who want to embody that awaken masculine but i would love to coach these guys because if they could only identify that they are so triggered by the rising of the feminine by conscious feminine leadership and they're like all they're screaming is just oh my god and it's it's interesting because it's a competition right it's it's interesting that so many men move in competition with women and I find that a very interesting subject because competition is by many great men's coaches and men facilitator workshops has been said competition is the essence of the wounded masculine. It's a constant competition against everyone, everyone who just triggers them a little bit. And I know this inside myself. I've been triggered by women in the past. I've been triggered by men in the past. And I, be, I love what you said because you said two things and even more about accepting yourself, not rejecting yourself and meeting them where they are. And when you see this is a little boy screaming, screaming, being in competition and feeling absolutely unworthy and like a piece of shit, then I mean, what, what meaning, what depth has, does it have when exactly. no matter what names they call you? Yeah. And what I also do, that's the third one, I reframe it. So because the power of polarity, you know mm. what I'm talking about. So for every hater, there's going to be a lover as well. Yeah. And I <laughs> never want to be in the middle. I never want to feel that I am too average where I'm not making a difference. So I will be provocative and I will put myself out there so that I, at least I know that I'm shaking things up. And whenever I have haters, that is for me a confirmation that I'm making a difference because otherwise I'd be too average. If I don't have any haters, I'm not doing enough. I'm not making enough impact. So for me, whenever there's a hater and I get some nasty comments, I'm celebrating it. So I reframe the meaning wow. around that. Wow. I yeah. love that. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Gotta celebrate the hate. <laughs> and, um, I think one of the reasons why we connect so deeply is because we're both intense and highly provocative. So as you probably know, my style is extremely provocative. I love to be provocative. I'm like laughing like a little child when I'm writing something so provocative. Yes. And I'm also, my coaching is highly provocative. Like I tell this to my clients, Hey, I'm so provocative. I can be a huge pain in the ass, but I'm doing this from a conscious and loving fierceness. And I mean, it's, it's, it's like you say, it's a law of polarity, right? I mean, when we are coming with such, provo so being so provocative and, and also embodying something that's being collectively healed and looked at right now, then we got to just assume that there are going to be haters, that there's going to be yeah. some resistance. And like you said, it's a beautiful thing. It's a sign that this is part of the healing journey because you need resistance. You, and these people are embodying that resistance on a collective level. 
which is also a part of it, right? Exactly. And the great thing is knowing that whereas there are people who will not like it, that's fabulous. You know, you want to create some kind of filter anyway. You cannot help the entire world. You can only do your part, what you're good at. And those people that really resonate with what you have to say and in the way that you do it, in the style that you express yourself, they're going to be the ones that you're going to be working with. You know, they're going to notice it and they're going to be like, yeah, fuck yes. This is a full on yes. And I want to work with that person. Right. So knowing that that is going to happen as well will definitely, you want to focus on that. You want to focus on the people that you can serve. And it might only be 1%. It's not the 99% out there. It's only that 1%, the lucky few. I can bow to that. I can bow to that. Like guys, just to give, to give you a little backstory here. In the past, I made that, you, you know about that much better than me, but the number one branding mistake is to come across as some fucking life coach or coach for everyone and writing for everyone. And I had no fuck yes to my, from my clients. I had no fuck yes in my business. And the moment I niched down, the moment I became provocative, the moment I embodied and owned my truth, just like you do so powerfully, fuck, suddenly those who needed to find me, they fucking found me. And, and it's, it's, you're even impacting more people, right? Because even if you are impacting just 1%, you're impacting these people on such a large scale that they are impacting other people because they have their niche audience as well, right? Yes. So, exactly. yeah, powerful. And that's how we find tribe. That's how we find the people that we tribe. resonate with. I love that, tribe. Yeah. This audience sounds so fucking modern, but tribe sounds so raw. <laughs> exactly yeah. raw, yeah. And um, one thing I'm very curious about: Do you also get women who are triggered by you? Because that also does exist. We talked about men being triggered, but are there also women who maybe even call you a bitch or something like that? Because no, I have seen that before, not on your account, but with other women. Yeah, it hasn't happened to me yet. Most women, well at least the women who respond to my posts, they um, absolutely love what I do. Um, I've had in the past, um, I, think, I think it was about six months ago, where a woman, she was quite religious. Um, mm. She replied saying that um, as a woman, or just as human beings, we're just supposed to be with one person and anything that is- No coincidence, right? <laughs> also to the story you shared in the beginning. Exactly. So she was, yeah, it was very funny. That was almost like a repetition of my past, the way she was <laughs> responding that, you know, if it's only a, a marriage blessed by the Lord, then uh, otherwise it's lust. And lust is a bad thing, of course. So yeah, it's, it's a really, I, I agree. It's a really bad thing. <laughs> oh, very, very bad. <laughs> so um, if you feel lust, you are a sinner. That's, I mean, that's a given. <laughs> Exactly. So I thanked her for her uh, reply and I said, well, I, <laughs> let's agree to disagree, basically. But, but I love that. that. I love that because the universe has such a funny way, right, to bring it up. And you just showed the universe, you like almost like middle finger up, like yes. universe, I fucking got your lesson. You can lick my ass. Yes, exactly. It was so funny. What I do think is that a lot of women who see my post, for example, on Instagram and on my Facebook, is that they unfriend me or stop following me. Hmm. 
So yeah. it's more like a passive aggressive kind of. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Which is a part of the wounded feminine, right? It's this, it's this yeah. very passive, but super loaded and, and manipulative kind of energy. And I'm fine with that. Please, yeah. if you do not, and sometimes, sometimes I will post something about that. Hey, if you feel triggered, or if my posts are too provocative for, for you, please unfriend me. You're, I'm fully okay with that. I, I love that you shared that because, I mean, I, mm, I would say I did not handle this all the time well because sometimes when I see some fuckers like posting something, I, I feel my fierceness coming out. And then I'm like giving back in such a brutal way, sharp way, which is also an immature expression because we could say this is the, this is the warrior archetype being totally disconnected from the heart, disconnected from compassion, empathy. So I roasted some people in such intense ways that these people were literally, I, I, they were not answering to me anymore. They were literally, I think, shook to the core that I just lashed out to them with my sword. And I love what you shared there because, I mean, it's so beautiful. I needed to hear that right now to put some personal stuff and vulnerable stuff here in the podcast as well. It's so important because, I mean, it's such a waste of energy to lash out and to use. It's not, it's not, and ah, that's a powerful thing I wanted to ask you. It just came up intuitively. It's about setting boundaries. And this is, not a, this is not a loving way to set boundaries. It's a very, very egoic, egocentric way of setting boundaries. How, how do you set boundaries? And as, I believe it is very different for the feminine to set boundaries and for the masculine to set boundaries. Yeah. This is one of my biggest lessons. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> I think that um, I... I am very intuitive and I'm very connected to my yeses and my noes. But I had to learn that. Now, um, I'm definitely not a specialist in this, but I have learned about human design at some point, you know, about how we have different energy patterns and how we respond to our surrounding in different ways. Um, and for me, apparently, according to my human design, but I do recognize it, I respond from a sacral, um, mm. from my sacral center. So I feel a yes or a no. And I will, I have learned that I can trust that and that I need to, to voice that in the moment. I feel a no. This is not what I want. Um, but that's not always been easy because for some reason, I have also been conditioned to believe that saying no to something that might seem a little bit, yeah, like, okay, I'm going to give you an example. Yeah, please. I would love it. It was a huge lesson for me. Um, I was in this beautiful, amazing tantric, amazing tantric temple for six days. Now, this is quite an advanced thing for people who do Tantra already. So not everyone will feel comfortable doing a Tantric temple, but I was there. And at some point we were invited to, you know, just express our desires and maybe invite someone else to engage in an activity. And obviously when someone would invite you, you need to tune in to your own yes or no. So a very kind man approached me and asked me, would you like to do some sensual touch with me? 
And I felt a no, but I was like, yeah, but it's only sensual touch. You know, it's only my skin. It's, he's not asking me to, to fuck, basically. Yeah. He's just asking me very gently, do you know this is something innocent? And I struggled with saying no, despite the fact that I felt a no in that moment, because I felt like I don't want to be, um, I can't find the word in English. Um, you know, why would I be um, a pain in the ass? Pain in the ass about something so simple. I mean, I can give him that, right? Yeah. And this is something that a lot of women struggle with, I think. Yeah, is wow. To, Thank you for mentioning that. Yeah. Because, and the funny thing is that later on, um, one of my lovers, he said, but Michelle, this is your body. This is your body. It doesn't matter if it's only skin. This is your body and you're allowed yeah. to say no. Like, oh yeah, of course, duh. Yeah. For some reason, I still felt in that moment like I had no right to take charge and take control of my body and set boundaries, no matter how innocent it was. And this is, that this is the devotional aspect of the feminine, this deep intuition. And I mean, let's be, let's be, I don't know how the situation was, but what came up for me is that there is, Especially in the tantric worlds, I mean, there is also a lot of people who are still, and I'm not saying that this man was, but there are a lot of people who are very, very still slaves of their sexual urges and kind of hide behind the whole tantric. This yeah. is typical spiritual bypasser, but just from a yeah. tantric context. Yeah. And if there is a fucking no inside you, then that person is not allowed to do fucking anything. Absolutely. I love that. Absolutely. I really love yeah. that. And that's why it's so important to connect with that no and to know when you feel that. And even when it's only a half yes, it's mm. still a no. And it's this feminine fire, right? This no, I don't want this. No explanation, no story, no justification. No, no I'm not feeling like it. End of story. Dot. Not it. That's it. That's all that you need. I'm not feeling it. And that is completely okay. Yeah. So when, whether it's about your body and doing something sexual or whether it's something else, it doesn't matter when you feel a no, you know, for example, I was, you know, when someone invites me to do a project or to work with them, I will know um, whether it's a yes or a no. Fuck, I had a couple of experiences like that, really some lessons where I said yes. And in the process, and I'm sure you know all about that. I was like, fuck me. This feels so out of fucking alignment. I would just want to get out, but now I'm balls deep in it. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah, Again, voicing. And knowing yourself. I think it's also important to know yourself, to know the mission you're on, yeah. like what's in alignment, and to know what works for you. Like, if you know what works for you and what doesn't, like, for example, um, setting up an entirely new business with, Someone, I'm not sure that would work for me. Depends on the role I'd have, but I'm yeah. someone who works very independently. Yeah, me too. Like I, the moment I see that people need me to be a certain way, or I already feel this kind of dynamics where it's a, some attachment involved. Also with friendships. I mean, with everything in life. You you gave that this example of the tantric temple, but it's in it's everywhere in business everywhere. relationships. Everywhere. And this yeah. is really a difficult thing for most women to, to voice their no. 
to really just no justification. Bam. And there are a lot of women who reach out to me. I occasionally also coach women and I will do more so in the future. Now my focus is on men's coaching. But what I have seen is that when a woman says yes to a man and we're now talking about a sexual act, I mean, this is, it is a traumatic experience. And it's even sometimes referred to as silent rape, which is, which is yeah, it wasn't rape in that, in that forceful way, but still it was a situation where... The, 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 energetic, no. Yeah. yeah. So it was an energetic rape in that sense. And um, I believe I've heard from many women who have experienced that. Many women who have reached out to me, wanted help with that. And yeah, I believe this is such a huge pain body as well. And to all the guys listening here right now, men, we got to restore the order. And what the only thing we can do is it's not about feeling ashamed. And this is also some guys come to me who don't know my work well. And they're like, this is shaming men. And, and it's all about women. No, it's not about shaming ourselves, brothers here who are listening. It's about understanding the bullshit that happened, seeing it, running the ashes through our fingers and then saying, okay, I'm going to be different. And if one man is different and realizes, wait a second, she doesn't even fucking want to sleep with me. Okay. Uh, actually, I'm feeling a no inside you right now. No, I'm not going to do anything. Yeah. And I have experienced and done it in my life. I have literally been in a situation where I felt like the energy wasn't quite congruent. And, but she wanted, and I just said, I'm not going to touch you. Have a beautiful life. Bye. And it, it was a, like a shock in her system, but also a kind of safety there as well. Guys, don't use this as a strategy to get her into bed because it works. It works because you make her feel immensely safe most of the time. Don't use this. Don't use any of the strategies. That would be manipulation. That is manipulation because that's also a thing, right? These these things are super powerful, but if you use them to get a woman into bed or to manipulate a man to choose you before his highest mission, that's fucking bullshit. Add to that, that when it comes to women sometimes feeling a no, but saying a yes, for example, and that there's this um, disbalance in a sexual engagement, I believe that it happens the other way around. I've heard about men who actually didn't necessarily want to have sex, but still feel mm. like they need to perform yeah. because, you know, it's wow. not manly to say no in the moment. Wow. And that happens as well because me as a woman and for some reason there are a lot of men coming my way who struggle with this as well because they feel like there's always this pressure on needing to perform and always needing to or they feel that you know because i'm a man i always need to want to have sex or something you know That's yeah true. yeah i so i love i love there's so many fuck you i just want to honor you here for a second i acknowledge you for the powerful woman that you are I mean, we're touching on such important things here. And it's, I'm so grateful that you mentioned that because it didn't cross my mind, but I'm working with clients on an exact subject. And it's really, I'm going to share something super vulnerable here with everyone, guys. When you are really connected and when you're working consciously with your sexuality, with your cock energy, what happens at a certain point is that um, a lot of men think they have erectile dysfunction which they actually don't have. 
what they have is a strong connection between their cock and their heart. And when you are not feeling her in her in your heart, your cock is most likely going to say, nah, we ain't going to do this. I didn't have that in the past because in the past I was trapped in my mind. But now I can say with full conviction, I cannot sleep with a woman unless I truly feel her in my heart and I feel that safety. Like literally... Imagine for the guys now, it's quite intense what I'm saying, but fuck it. Imagine going in ice cold water. That's like how your cock is when you're connected to your heart. And when you're with a woman where you don't feel that. And I love that you mentioned this. It's fuck performance, like really fuck performance. It's this conditioning. A man always fucks and he always does this. Guys, if you literally say to a woman, to be honest, I'm not feeling this. I'd really like you, but I believe there is space for another man who can offer you what I can't. And I wish you a wonderful life. And you just go and you say this from your full conviction. She's going to be like, fuck, that guy's amazing. <laughs> yeah. It's owning the truth. Wow. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And it's also about, I think what's interesting for women, I mean, there can be a sense of rejection there, like, huh? Ah, yeah, wow, yeah. Also, when, for example, we were talking about that performance bit, like, men feel like they need to, to perform because that's what expect, what's expected. And also because uh, women in the past have expected that from the men. You know, they have expected them to, for example, come. If you don't come, well, apparently there's something wrong with me as a woman. I don't yeah. arouse enough. Yeah. There was all this pressure. And then for someone to just voice their truth in the moment, like, hey, this is not the right space for us. I can't, I think it can be if you're not as conscious yet, yet as a woman, and then it can be very edgy, but it's good. That could be an entrance into developing more self-love. But oof. Yeah. yeah. And it's so powerful, right? Because when, when guys are practicing, for instance, I'm pressed, practicing Taoist Tantra. Mm -hmm. um, I hardly ejaculate. So um, the thing is when a man then engages with a woman who is not at that level of consciousness or has not done work, similar work, and he literally just, you can literally just explain her why you're doing this, that you still find her immensely beautiful, but you're consciously not choosing to do so. And um, I know from guys who've experienced it, I have experienced that it's, it's, you really allow a healing and awakening in the feminine to occur like you shared so beautifully michelle it's 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 this entrance right into into this into this work into tantra into tantric work yeah, exactly that's it <laughs> i feel like i feel like the more we talk the deeper we get and the more the gold nuggets are are just appearing popping up yeah popping up, yeah yeah that's one of the things i mean what, what you were saying about all the entrances into ourselves i think that that is very much what tantra is all about and what doing inner work is about we have different entrances different ways of living life and going deeper within ourselves if we can see the gifts that are being presented no matter how messy and how painful and how scary they might feel they're an entrance in, in, into ourselves mm. that's what yeah. i love about that. what's your opinion about i don't know the exact quote of it but your opinion about that your depth of consciousness your depth of sensuality your depth of self-love is revealed in the way you make love oh. what's your opinion about that yeah 
Well, <laughs> <laughs> I love that answer. I mean, that's that's enough. Period. Dot. <laughs> no, please. I think that, that, that says it all, right? Well, yeah. <laughs> um, because you know, the more conscious and the more self-love, etc., that is usually that translates into a certain presence. Uh, that you have in that moment of making love, for example, a certain yeah. presence and a certain sacredness to the act of making love. So if you really love yourself deeply, and if you're really conscious of the act of what it means to make love, and you treat it as something sacred in which two people, polarity, huh, can unite and to understand the depth of that, then the whole experience of making love can become so deep and beautiful. Um, and it doesn't mean that necessarily you both need to be really profound and really experienced in Tantra. That's bullshit. But yeah. it's very much about the energy and allowing the energy to flow. You know, what you were talking about, that you need to be connected to your heart. Yeah. That is something that for me is a must as well. I want my yoni to be connected to my heart. Yeah. And I feel that my heart isn't in it. And that happened to me a while ago where I realized that I engaged in a sexual encounter yeah. without my heart being present and I felt horrible afterwards. Yeah. Um, now, I'm not shaming anyone who does that. If you want to have sex just for the physical pleasure, by all means, whatever resonates with you, yeah. you know, do whatever you want. You're free in that sense. It's just that for me, it doesn't work. Yeah. Really, I need both of them to be connected. And in my opinion, <clears throat> when a woman reaches a certain level of consciousness, it's just you're so sensitive to that. And, and, and this is a huge thing, guys, or everyone is listening right now. When you are inside a woman, you are exchanging in such a deep way, <clears throat> excuse me, not just your liquids, not just the pleasure but you're exchanging also shadows. You're exchanging literally everything that appears in the lovemaking. And it's so crucial, especially as a man, that you only enter her temple when you are really there with your heart. Because what happens then is the exact opposite. It allows the woman to feel her heart as well, to feel truly safe and seen. And it's, it's this thing, right? It's, it's again polarity in some way, but sex has these two things. It's either fucking shit or it's fucking beautiful. But it's rarely something in between because the in-between would still mean there's a disconnect from the heart appearing. It's like, it's this really clear sign. And I'm going to be honest, like if the sex is bad, goodbye. Because yeah. it reveals how great you actually fit together. And there is a constantly a problem there, constantly triggers, which sometimes can appear. Sometimes can appear in deep love making. It's totally normal. But if if the sexual aspect doesn't work, and some people just call just some people call it just the physical aspect, but it's actually the entire aspect. It reveals everything. Absolutely. That's why I don't believe in rules necessarily on you have to wait at least three months or whatever. Ah, fucking bullshit. Yeah. Exactly. It's bullshit because, you know, you just feel when you connect and when that's right, you know, it says so much. Yeah. It really says so much. Yeah, totally. <laughs> I love this topic. By the way. <laughs> Me too. It's like I could talk endlessly about that. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Mm -hmm. There's another thought that just came up. 
just huh. might come later anyway might come later yeah yeah mm. so we really touched upon many 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 great things about and everyone really take notes here take notes because Michelle really shared a lot of practical things as well, which I love because you are highly feminine. I mean, I'm just going to say that, but you also are very practical. I mean, you really share a lot of practical things. It's not just theory. Hey, and just being in a flow, but it's so practical as well. And I believe that's, I wouldn't call it balance, but I would call it the integrated feminine and, and mm. you, you are an integrated woman and, and that shows. And yeah, thank you. Thank you. So, um, one of the things I wanted to ask you yeah. is, it's something, yeah, exactly, here it is. When you have like a really, really bad day, what does Michelle do when she has a really, really bad day? Mm. All right, sometimes I will have days when I'm like, oh, I don't feel it, or, you know? <laughs> <laughs> It doesn't happen that often because I'm generally this high energy, very mm. happy person. But I when see I that. do, yeah, uh, when I do, I generally I will just wake up whenever I wake up. I will probably crash on my couch with Netflix, and at some point, and I will allow myself to do that. To yeah. just so you're doing con. Conscious. Excuse me, you're doing it consciously, yeah. Yeah, I will choose it in that moment. I will tune in. What is it that I need right now? Okay, at this moment, I just want to watch Netflix. All right. And by allowing that, at some point, I'm done with it. Like, yeah, oh, yeah. after a few hours already, like around noon or something, I'll be like, eh, this is boring. And I'll go out. <laughs> <laughs> I'm no, bored. It's, so, it's so true. It's yeah. so because when you are using it to avoid yourself and not doing it consciously, you can get sucked into it. I had yeah. that same experience. You just voiced it. I never voiced it or thought about it. But when you're conscious, like I'm going to watch consciously Netflix right now, I'm going to immerse myself. I'm going to be fully present. Yeah. It's like, fuck that yeah. shit after one hour. It's like, oh, fuck that. Because I start feeling lethargic. And yeah, it's me like, too. I yeah. And I mean, it's sometimes I can really immerse myself in it, but still after a couple of hours, I'm done and I just want to go outside. I just want to go for a walk and go into nature because that is another, I mean, just referring back to your question about what would a relaxing Sunday look like for me, like not setting an alarm, but I do that every day. But going out into nature and connecting with earth. Mm. Oh, that is such a powerful way to you know, really connect with the feminine for me. Uh, that, yeah, it changes everything for me. As soon as I go outside to walk, um, my whole energy changes, and especially changes, and especially on days when I feel like uh, I'm disconnected from my mm. mission or my message. As soon as I, I'm out, and I think it's partly because I'm out outdoors, but also because I'm moving. So my body is doing something something different, and the movement changes the energy, my physical state basically. And for some reason, all my creative ideas start flowing, and I'll just be listening to music or podcasts. I have to admit that I listen to your podcast quite right regularly when I'm outside walking. I do appreciate like, that. Yeah, yeah, and I get all these amazing <laughs> ideas. 
Thank you. I really, it really means a lot. And I love what you're saying here because, first of all, movement is feminine. Movement, it just gets you back into that feminine flow. I love that you said disconnected from my message and, and mission. You didn't say, oh, I lost my mission. I lost my message. Oh, I'm such a fool. No, I'm disconnected. I'm not aligned. And I will get myself back in alignment through movement. And nature is the embodiment of the feminine. I mean, there is no better embodiment just look, just guys, like go into a forest and just look at the forest. It's chaotic, it's messy, it's unpredictable. But if you go deeper than that, it is the divine orchestration of the feminine. I just had to bring some poetic, poetic muse in here. <laughs> I cannot express myself without it. There is, it, it is pure love. <laughs> when I just look at it, like the nature and the magic. Yeah. How it's created all the details when you just think of it no just don't think about it feel it <laughs> <laughs> just think about it guys think about it <laughs> feel the magnificence of every detail and how it all really works together it's like mind-blowing heart expanding mm. <laughs> connecting both it's very expansive to really feel the energy and it's like Oh, you cannot feel anything, but for me, it's a heart opening thing. For me, yeah. it's and what came up for me is just, I don't know why I had that vision in my head right now, but just that women should be naked in nature. Not, yes, not, while, not while I'm there for, for my pleasure. But why I'm, not? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, why not? But women should be together or alone, just being naked in nature. I mean, that, I mean, I just had this vision in my head and I just had to express it because it's that ultimate embodiment of the feminine, right? It's this really archaic, really archaic, really deep collective what's, what's underneath all the conditioning. Exactly. And this is one of the reason why, reasons why I am not afraid to show my nakedness yeah. online. I mean, there's a message behind it because, you know, I'm talking about vulnerability and mm. expressing yourself fully. So it does relate to my message as well. But that way, I also want to, you know, encourage women to understand that nakedness is something so natural, you know, and if we accept our bodies, this is, we were born naked. Come on. <laughs> yeah. And there's such a taboo around nakedness that it's actually crazy that we need separate nudity beach, beaches that we need i believe this the catholic church even though there has been a huge change there it still has its eyes again operating from the subconscious which is like a shaming and you gotta always wear clothes and and also a big thing is a big thing in my opinion is the reason why many men don't con have control of their sexual urges is because they always see women in clothes so it's yeah. this kind of sexual obsession. What would it look like if she were without? But yeah. if you would see more women nakedly in front of yeah. you, you yeah. would start to appreciate feminine beauty in a whole different context and not yeah. kind of obsess about it and have to wank, uh, wank about it. Just see the beauty of it. Just one week ago, it was, yeah, it was around this time, actually. I think it was exactly a week ago. I was... Yeah. Um, doing ecstatic dance on the beach mm. uh, with this wonderful, wonderful group of people. And we were actually doing this silent disco style. Now, it was quite warm that day. So we were wearing our clothes and our headphones and just dancing in the sand. And at some point, I was so warm. And I basically gestured to some of my tantric friends who were there. And I just pointed at the water 
and they immediately knew what I meant. And we took off our clothes. Now I was wearing nothing underneath my dress. So basically we just took off all our clothes and started dancing nakedly in the water. And for me, that was a moment where I was like, this for me is what life should be like to have this openness with people dancing in their clothes on the beach, some naked in the water, and it was all okay. It was all allowed to be there. There was no need for a separate nudity thing. Yeah. It was all welcome. That was, wow. Yeah. Great. Beautiful. And also, the, Holland has very beautiful nature. I mean, I've been many times to Holland. <clears throat> and I love the nature there. So I just, I don't know why I had to mention that, but no, I just had to mention it. Yeah. Holland has well, beautiful nature. That's Austria, by the way. We're different. It, it does, but it's different. I, uh, To be honest, I like it more in Holland. For some reason, I like it more. Hmm, interesting. Well, I, can, I guess that's always what you don't have. That you yeah, don't it's have. always grass <laughs> green on the other side. It's so true. Yeah. <laughs> mm. yeah. 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 Nice. So, um, first of all, thank you so much for being here. To end the podcast, I always ask a couple of questions and you're only allowed to either answer with one word or one sentence. All right. And or it might be as well that you just have to finish a sentence. But also here, so it doesn't have to be a question. It can also be finish this sentence, X, Y, Z, and just one word or one sentence. How so tell me when you're ready. And this is, by the way, something, this is something so feminine, right? <laughs> Ah, yes. All right. Well, I'm already like, oh, I need to perform now. Anyway, no. <laughs> I, I would invite you to stay in your, family, yes. in your beautiful feminine heart. So right. the first one is, what does the world need the most currently? Love. Mm. Love. If you were stranded on a deserted island and you were only allowed to take one thing with you that doesn't have to be a physical object, what would it be? Oh. Take one all your thing. time. Okay. One thing. Doesn't have to be a physical object. Mm-hmm. My imagination. Mm, I fucking love that answer. <laughs> and this, I think that's why I put there it doesn't have to be an object because I was <laughs> hoping for something like that. I was hoping for something like that. Mm. So um, now you're just going to finish a sentence, just one word or one sentence to finish it. Just finishing it. Conscious feminine leadership is dot, dot, dot. Embracing every part of you, all the mess, all the beauty, all the wildness, everything, and loving it with all of your heart. Fuck. I mean, everyone could hear now how powerful that was. I could really feel you in that. So the last one is... Where do you see the world in 50 years from now on? Hmm. Yeah, so I think that we're definitely a lot more, in terms of technology, we're going to be a lot more advanced, but I hope that the direction we're going with, the, the, the rising of the divine feminine, 
Yeah, I think that there is going to be a lot more, I think it's more common for people to be aware. And maybe there will also be more fluidity in terms of different genders, you know, because that's already uh, arising. It doesn't say anything about the polarity masculine feminine then, but it's a lot more normal, I think. To, yeah. You know, there's a yeah. lot more variety, maybe, maybe more. Yeah, that's what I hope that I people that. free to be themselves. Mm, I, I don't know that. what's going to happen, but at least that's that's something that I have a similar vision. Yeah. Mm. So, where can people find you? I mean, people gotta follow you, guys. Follow her. I mean, I'm also following Michelle. I don't follow follow a lot of people. I don't give a shit about the whole community on Instagram, blah blah. To be honest, I find 99% immensely boring and just plain stupid. Ah, well, it's quite judgmental here, but I love your content. So guys, you got to follow her. Right. So um, Instagram, obviously. So that would be at, at Michelle Coops. I'm going to tag, tag everything in the show notes. Yeah, that's with a C indeed. Um, now, I do share a lot on my personal Facebook profile. People can follow me there. I will not. Mm. I do not accept everyone because there is a maximum of 1,000, 5,000 people, obviously. But uh, looking for Michelle Rebel Coops will definitely get you there. Um, and I would definitely recommend that people download my app, mm. which is the Be a Brand Rebel app. Yeah, Brand the place Rebel. Rebel, yeah. In the App Store, Play Store um, or visit beabrandrebel.com. Yeah. yeah. Guys, I'm going to put everything in the show notes. I'm going to shout out on Instagram as well. Mm. Michelle, it was very powerful. And I, I do wish to, to host you again on my podcast sometime in the near future where we, can, where we can go much deeper because the truth is we could go also much deeper right now, but yeah, for another time. Definitely. And as you know, I want you on my podcast as well. <laughs> I'm, looking, I'm looking forward to that. Really looking forward. Yes. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you for having me.